turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525. Welcome back, folks, to SoCal Live. I'm Jerry Schimmel, your host today on this Tuesday and getting some uh, good conversation going. If you caught our last segment and caught Napoleon Kaufman's interview, uh, you're, you're probably like me. You're blown away, and I've heard it four or five times now, just editing the thing and taking clips from it this morning. What an incredible story. He's minding his own business. He's on a practice field with the Raiders, and a teammate comes up to him and gets in his face, which led him to become a Christian. And then he heard God's calling and not only became a Christian and started this whole Christian life, but then moved away from football, left millions, tens of millions of dollars on the table, and followed the call of God to become a minister, a pastor, which he's doing at a church in Northern Northern California that's bursting at the seams. So it brings up this question for you. And I said this earlier, and I've been meaning to do this, and I, I, I need to do it. I just want to write a book about testimonies. Not about mine, but other people. I love testimonies. I love to hear how people came to Christ because mine was so dramatic. And I know most people's aren't that way. But I'm going to throw this out there to you. When did you, Southern California, see or hear God call you in a relationship with him or a new season maybe in your own life? Do you have that story that you can share with us today? I'd love to hear it. 888-528-2557. 888-LA-TALKS is the number. And don't be shy about things. You don't have to be articulate. You can be short. You can be long. If you want to give me your story, give the world your story, share it with us today. Because I think that's one of the reasons that God has taken you through something like this in your life, like Napoleon Kaufman has done, like a plane crash for me or your own plane crash, is so that you can share that story and have an impact on other people. That's what Napoleon Kaufman is doing, by the way. He's taken his experience as an NFL player, telling the world about it, because if you're an athlete, you're already automatically popular, and people are going to listen to you. They want to hear your story. Everybody wants to hear Tom Brady's story after 22 years in the NFL. You've got that platform already to share it, and that's what Napoleon Kaufman is doing. So share yours, if you would. 888-LA-TALKS is the number. 888-528-2557 is our number. And again, don't be shy about that. Come on and, and just tell us your story. doesn't have to be uh, becoming a Christian, but maybe you, you, you heard God's call in your life and your life changed as a result of it. Or you changed the lifestyle, whatever that might be. It might be something dramatic like a death of a friend or a family member or an accident you've been through like I did. But uh, I'd love to have you tell your story. And I, I love testimony. This is for me as much as anybody listening today. So if you got that story in your life, you want to share it, 888-LA-TALKS is the number. Let me throw this out there while you're thinking about whether you want to share your story. And again, I encourage you to do that. Um, reading this, and, and I've read several articles the last couple of days about unvaccinated COVID patients filling up hospitals in America, not just in Southern California, but across the country. There's a recent story in MSN.com about a week ago. It said 90% of the critically ill COVID patients in California hospitals are unvaccinated. 90% of the critically ill COVID patients in California hospitals are unvaccinated. 
A number of COVID-intensive care patients more than doubled from December of 2021 to January of 2022. That went from 940 of those kinds of patients to 2004. All It more than doubled. So the question becomes, is it fair? Now, let me preface by saying, if you have COVID-19 and you're not vaccinated and you're sick and you need to be in intensive care, you have a right to be in a hospital. I understand that. But there are a lot of people out there upset about the fact that they aren't getting into hospitals or their loved ones are not because the hospitals are full of COVID patients who are unvaccinated. I pulled uh, a message off of Facebook, and we've got a couple callers here to want to tell their story. Get to those in a second. Let me just throw this out here to you. Facebook post from somebody that I follow on Facebook, won't give you the name, but she has a son who has special needs physically. He's in a wheelchair. She says, if you have made the personal choice not to be vaccinated because of, quote, my body, my freedom, and you are my friend, family, or acquaintance on Facebook, please go ahead, unfriend me right now. I don't need to know who you are. If you're willing to forgo the COVID vaccination and take a chance on being hospitalized, I don't want your friendship. Pretty extreme. Because of you, 100% of the ICU beds in our county are full, and Jeremy, her son, is in the middle of a health crisis. We're asking ourselves daily, should we go to a hospital where they may not be able to care for him? Who will answer that question for us? That's a tough one, isn't it? Everybody deserves, you're sick, to be in a hospital. But your thoughts as well on the idea that unvaccinated intensive care COVID patients are taking beds away from others. Again, 888-LA-TALKS. Let's get back to the phone line. I think we've got some stories here that uh, we share. Let's start with Larry Los Angeles. Works in a hospital and has a story. Larry, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks a lot for taking my call. Um, you, so you first off, I want to let you know that uh, my background, I worked at two major hospitals in, in Los Angeles. I'm not going to name who they are. Um, I've been doing this for about 17 years, so I got some I got some uh, experience <clears throat> behind the scenes. Um, I wasn't always a Christian; I was an atheist, right? And 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 I used to <clears throat> parrot a lot of other things that other atheists would say, you know, um, in terms of attacking God and 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 and, this, and I'm going to relay this back to COVID and all this other stuff um, because. Since becoming a Christian, and 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 I am a Bible believing Christian, I believe that the Bible is a true word of God, and and thank God for the Bible coming in my life, and, yeah. and God not the Bible, but thank thank God that I've been saved um, for as they say for such a time as this, um, and 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 I and I put all my faith and trust into Jesus Christ that has, has saved me and called me, and and I'm glad that you shared the story about. Um, a professional player, a, a football player who who walked away, and he walked away from you know from a, a, a lot of money, you know. Yep. And and right now with COVID, there's a lot of money behind COVID, right? There's there's just I've never seen anything like this in the medical field for 17 years now. Um, <clears throat> that being said, now. If we're Bible believers, right, we, we, we want to compare the, the Bible. The Bible is true, right? And the truth is like a lion. It doesn't need to defend itself. Okay, now if we're going to quote Facebook, we're going to quote MSNBC or any of these other media outlets that are putting stories out, are those, are we going to put those, are we going to give 
those guys the credibility of the Bible, all right? Because I'm going to tell you, all the patients that I am seeing firsthand, they are all, all of them vaccinated and Mm. multiple. They got the boosters. They are coming in with so many side effects, horrible side effects from these shots, Mm. okay? And you are not going to hear that. You're not going to hear that on the mainstream media because of the money. This is a huge, huge, huge travesty, and I hope and pray that the truth comes out. You will not get this truth on Facebook, on any of the major outlets. Yep. And I just, I just pray that, that, that Christians, you know, unite um, and turn to God right now. Do not turn to the medical facilities or anyone you see on TV right now, because that is not truth. If you want mm. the truth, go to God. You not go to Fauci or anyone else that is parroting those claims. They are all either either multiple shots or booster shots. Anyway, I'm going to go. I'll let you take other callers. Thank you for having this show. Let me speak. I appreciate it. God bless you guys. I appreciate that. And I agree with part of that. I believe you start with the Word of God. Yeah, absolutely, because that's the the truth. You start with the truth, then you, you let things trickle down from there. And whether you want to believe a newscaster or not is up to you, but... Start with the Bible. That's that's a great point, Larry. Let's go to Joe in Pasadena. Joe apparently has a great story. He says God be, came between him and drug addiction, and I love this. I, I've got lots of friends that have had this same experience. I think Joe is going to tell us about. Joe, welcome to SoCal Live. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. I love this show. I, I every time I'm driving back from Santa I try to find it, and and I just love your show. Thank you. Um, yeah. Awesome. So I did meth for 23 years. And I was an atheist also, and I actually had a YouTube channel that would make fun of Christians, and, and I was just, it, was, it was some crazy times. But I had this thing that I would do every day, because nobody knew I was mad. Um, I would sleep every night. I would eat all the meals I needed to eat. I would do everything normal, and every morning after breakfast, I'd go, I have to go to the bathroom. And I would go to the bathroom, and it was a routine that I did, and I would smoke my best and just one morning i got up and i was like okay here we go doing my same thing and i sat down i wasn't high i was completely sober and i put my drugs in my pipe and i lit it up and i went to take a hit and i felt i heard i experienced every time i tell a story i I start to cry but yeah i experienced the voice of god saying there is no more room for that in your life. And I was, I, I was like, what? I went to take another hit. I went to take a hit again and the same thing. So I stood up out of the bathroom. I put my pants on, of course, and, uh, walked in the next room and I showed the person I was seeing at the time. I said, I've been doing this for 23 years and I quit and I put it on the ground and I broke it. And a week later, I met somebody, started working with them, named Heaven Candyman, and he brought, he's the one that brought me to Christ. It was just been a, it's been an amazing and very, very difficult ride, but the outcomes are just fantastic. I get to help people that are dealing with addictions and, and different things that led them to addiction. So it's just been, it's been really amazing. And now I'm a trucker, and I have my own, my own ministry on the road. Whenever I get a chance, I start talking to people and, and, uh, yeah, just, just spreading the love of God that we're supposed to. 
Awesome, Joe. Awesome stuff. Hey, thanks for calling and thanks for sharing that. So many great stories out there like that. I have a show called Amazing Americans that I, I do, and we've had many, many alcoholics, drug abusers come on, have their life turned around because of an incident, kind of like Joe is describing right there. So many people out there that way. Uh, the last uh, woman we had on the show was an alcoholic, and she has this crazy story, guys. It's she she was on this binge, and I won't tell her name, but she's on this binge, and she had no idea what she's doing. She lived in New York City, went downstairs to the liquor store and re- thought what she looked at what she thought was a homeless person. And she's in this drunken state and thought, you know, I'll help this homeless person out and I'll invite him up and he can just stay in my apartment for one night. Yeah. Nice decision, huh? She didn't. She wasn't assaulted. But when she woke up the next morning, she's in one better apartment, locks herself in her bedroom, smart enough to do that. When she comes out the next morning, everything is gone. Everything, computers, phone, furniture, clothes, purses, jewelry, everything she didn't have locked in her room is gone. And that's when she decided she needed help and came to Jesus, went to AA, and now she's sober. She's been sober for over a year now. And Joe's got a similar story that way. I love these testimonies. And if you want to share some more of that, we still got time in this segment to do so. 888-LA-TALKS is our number. We have open lines as well. We talk about something else. We can certainly do that. And let's go next to the line to Robert in Covina. And uh, Robert is going to talk about fear, bringing out the bad in the pandemic. Well, I think uh, I can relate to this. Robert, thanks for joining us. Hi. Hi. Good afternoon. How are you? Doing great, Robert. Yes. Um, you know, we're, I, I was just saying I was driving over to uh, my job right now, and I was uh, I was listening to you guys and and just experiencing uh, firsthand um, from this uh, whole pandemic is one thing that I have noticed from believers and non-believers that people are so afraid. Um, not they're not afraid of COVID. You know, they're afraid of dying. Yep. And because the fear, the fear monologue that's behind all this is. It's something that's being pushed tremendously. And uh, I just want to encourage anybody, you know, I mean, that's listening um, for sure, is that the only way uh, to grow in faith, the Bible says, is by hearing the Word of God. And for me personally, um, in 2020, when all this uh, took place, uh, there were so many questions, you know. Uh, you would ask questions like, well, does it make sense? Why are we doing this? And how come corporations can open and why small businesses are affected? And and so forth, right? And um, one thing that I did see, I heard one of the gentlemen speaking that money is the root of all evil, the Bible says, right? And the money being pushed behind all this is, is tremendous and, and, and a level that people don't understand. So my encouragement to anybody is that know that the prince and the ruler, the Bible says, the same of this world. Mm. And our kingdom is not of this world. If you are a believer and if you're not a believer, um, we have to understand that our kingdom, that Jesus always predicted the kingdom come. And, and that's in Matthew chapter 6, right? We pray that his kingdom may come, his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So God was always preparing us for the, for the afterlife of being with him forever. And that's the problem that we have in our society is that people are so feared of dying because they don't know where they're going to go. Yeah, um, so, so true. And that's so the problem true. that we have, you know, that there's only one way. And Jesus says, I am the way, and the truth, yeah. and the life. Yeah. And if you want to come to the Father, you have to go through me. Yeah. And that's the problem that people don't want to accept, because they want a different way, a way without sin, 
and we know that sin is very rapid in our nation. So um, just want to encourage anybody that is listening that, that if you're afraid, I pray that you draw closer to, to, to the creator of the universe. Yeah. I, tell, I don't tell people to, to uh, join a religion. I tell them, if you don't have a relationship with God, I pray that you cry out and ask him, the God of the universe, whoever you are, make yourself real. Because mm-hmm. that's what he did in my life. Yeah. And he did that almost 10 years ago. And yeah. I've been on this great journey of walking in his peace and his joy and his strength and knowing that what he has done on the cross for me, there's nothing that I can ever pay back. Mm-hmm. And receiving that with, with that love of Thanksgiving, uh, it just gives me this abundant joy to walk in. No matter what this world gives me, I know that this is not my world and this is not my home. So I we're on a journey. Yep. Yeah. So I love it, Robert. I want to encourage you. Yeah, absolutely. And you have. You've encouraged me, I can tell you that. Hey, thanks for calling, Robert. Uh, so so true. You speak the truth there. And the Bible says that, that God gives us a—it doesn't give a spirit of fear. He gives a spirit of confidence. And uh, there's so many times the Bible that he says, do not fear. Uh, fear not. It's all over the New Testament especially. So I think it's a great point from Robert. Uh, hey, when you know where you're going, you're not afraid to go there. And that's the case with me a little bit, too. And Robert, I'll let you go here. But And my wife and I have discussion, and we kind of laugh about it a little bit. It's kind of tongue-in-cheek, but uh, she is uh, high risk for COVID. She's had uh, a lung disease, and she's a breast cancer survivor. So when the whole thing hits, she's like, we've got to get vaccinated. We've got to do it right now. We've got to get the second shot and get the booster and all that. And I was like, okay, I'll do that. I'm going to do that for you. And if that's what you you want me to do, I'm going to do that for you. And I understand where you're coming from and all that. And I was lagging a little bit. I was like, well, is there a really big hurry here? And she said, well, I don't want to die. And I said, she said, well, you, what do you have, a death wish? I don't have a death wish. I just know where I'm going when I leave this earth. And that's why I'm not scared. And that, that's where Robert's coming from as well. All right, let's get back to the phone. And I think we have another testimony here. Love this, by the way. Johnny in Long Beach, drug and alcohol abuser, gave his heart to the Lord in jail. I can't wait to hear this one. Johnny, what do you got? Hi. Uh, I'm so glad to be able to testify. Uh, God is my Savior. And uh, I've been through so much. I'm 72 now. And when I was younger, I grew up in the 60s with the hippie generation and the drugs and the sex and rock and roll and all that stuff. And that's what I did. I had my hair down to my waist. And uh, anyway, I just, uh, I was, uh, my thing was alcohol. And for three years, I was drunk almost every day. And uh, partying with my friends never worked. Didn't need to work. The drugs, the alcohol was always there. But uh, I just, I had a girlfriend that I loved dearly, and I lost her because of the drinking. And I finally got on my knees. I was watching Christian TV, and I'd been watching it, and I'd been reading the Bible for a while. And something was nagging at me inside, and I know now it was the Holy Ghost. And I got on my knees. And I asked Christ to come into my heart, to my life, to save me. And I did it with a person on the phone. And, you know, every day when I would wake up, the call would pull me to go get drunk. Mm -hmm. Every day. Anyway, about two days after I said that sinner's prayer, the Spirit left to me. The Spirit 
left to me. Mm-hmm. They went up to the ceiling and out of my presence. And, you know, it's been uh, going on 48 years since I've had a drink. Mm-hmm. And the, not just that, the desire, the spirit, is never returned. It's gone. I'm an elder in my church. Me yeah. and the pastor started the church 30 years ago. It's called Ministry of Reconciliation in Harbor City. And I, I'm so excited for the Lord. I'd love to give my testimony. And he's still blessing me, still showing me stuff today, sir. Yeah, Johnny. God bless you. <laughs> Johnny, thanks for sharing that. Man, that guy's on fire for the Lord, isn't he? Yeah, I love this. I, I love, like I said, I love testimonies and Larry and Joe and Robert and Johnny. Thanks for sharing all that. It, it, it's amazing the different ways people come to Christ. It, it might take a plane crash. It may take alcoholism. It it might take something else, a death in the family, drugs, whatever that might be, to bring you to to, to Christ. And, and that's my point: is that God will do anything it takes in your life. And I said this earlier in the show. He, he, he was trying to get my attention for 30 years, and I wouldn't listen to him. I wouldn't pay attention to him. And finally, I was in a plane crash, and he finally got my attention. And and then he, when he finally did, he revealed this plan in my life. And that's what's happened with the callers you've had today. So incredibly powerful, and I thank you for doing that. We are going to shift gears a little bit. And I want to come back. We have two segments left. I want to come back in the final segment and get some more testimonies. And then we got some callers. If you want to hold through the next segment for about 10 minutes or 12 minutes or so, I would love for you to do that or call back if you would like and, and, uh, and give us your story. But in the meantime, I, I want you to hear this as well. Uh, I mentioned this a little bit earlier. Hospitals are filling up in Southern California, really all over across America uh, with COVID-19 patients, many of whom are unvaccinated, and like one of our callers said, several of them are vaccinated and they're having side effects. But there is a filling up hospitals and hospital beds. There is a Christian charity in Kentucky that is addressing this problem in a beautiful way. We'll get to that next. This is SoCal Live continues after this. Hey, Southern California, I've had a great time talking with you the last couple of days. My name is Jerry Schimmel. I'm a guest host today here on SoCal Live. This last segment, we talked about a little bit hospital beds being taken by COVID patients and the hospitals filling up so rapidly, almost to a crisis level in some areas of our country. And then the question, what do we do about that? Well, there's a Christian-based nonprofit in Kentucky that perhaps has a partial answer to this dilemma. It's called Surgery on Sunday. How about that name? Love it. (laughs) It has been wildly popular and wildly successful. Surgery on Sunday is kind of what the name indicates, a group of medical professionals performing vital surgery on Sunday mornings and Sunday afternoons. And the really beautiful part of this Christian charity is that the surgeries are free. Amanda Ferguson is the executive director of this amazing endeavor. I had a chance recently to talk to Amanda. And my first question was, how did this thing called surgery on Sunday ever get started? Yes. Um, well, Dr. Moore, as you said, is a local plastic surgeon. His his father, he is the second, Andrew Moore the second, and his father, uh, Andrew Moore, was the first plastic surgeon in Lexington, hmm. really, and set up a – had a very – well-known practice here and was just always willing to help people whether they could you know pay or not or whether they had the insurance coverage or not and, and 
Dr. Moore would say he learned that from his father. He also went to medical school, became a plastic surgeon, and, and <clears throat> along with his brother, also a plastic surgeon, they were always willing to help people whether they could pay or not in office. And and he will tell you, you know, as as the landscape changed, that um, it got harder to to call the hospital, or he would call the hospital and say, you know, can I come do this procedure? And anesthesia would be forgiven. <clears throat> that billing would be forgiven, and he would he or his brother would provide the procedure free of charge. And, and again, as the landscape changed, that got harder to do just for various reasons that <laughs> we don't probably need to go into, nope. but um, yep. <clears throat> just got harder to do. And he, and he had this, this dream, I guess, this vision for three, four, five years probably. And he says he would, right near his office was the Lexington Surgery Center as part of an office park there. And it's a St. Joseph Hospital, and he would go to uh, Mass at the hospital on Sunday and would see the the facility sitting there empty, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. and think, well, if I could get in there today and do surgery, I could take care of somebody. And mm-hmm. maybe we could get, you know, if I'm willing to do it, surely other people are willing to do it. So I think that was his dream for <clears throat> several years and then finally just decided to do something about it. And and again, he will say that he, he wasn't the, the one that figured it all out. He was smart enough to put people around him that could help him. He, he and an attorney and I believe an accountant uh, filed and, and formed the nonprofit, the 501c3 surgery on Sunday and in, in early 2005. And then later that year, the first surgery uh, or in July, I believe. So, and for the longest time, I think several years, they, those three were the, were the full board because you have to have three for a, for a 501c3 board and, mm-hmm. and they ran it and <clears throat> recruited volunteers and, um, uh, and it's come a long way since then. He would also tell you that. So. Talking to Amanda Ferguson, she is executive director of Surgery on Sunday. It's a group in Lexington, Kentucky, that does free surgeries for all kinds of different people on Sundays. And it is especially popular these days because the hospitals in Kentucky, in many places, including Southern California, filling up very rapidly with COVID patients. So I asked her. I wanted to ask her next about working through multiple layers because it's not like you just open your doors and you can do a surgery. There's all kinds of things that go into that. I asked her about working through as a volunteer all these multiple layers. Yeah, I'm an attorney, man, and I think about this. I'm in a group, and I don't practice law anymore, but did. And we had a group that, that kind of rotated giving free legal advice to people who couldn't afford it. That was easy. They would sit, a client would sit down in your office, and you'd discuss it, and you'd, you'd help them legally. This takes a huge effort with a lot of people and a lot of coordination. It's not easy just for a doctor to say, hey, I'm going to I'm perform a surgery on Sunday. There's a lot of work that goes into that. There's a lot of people involved, are there not? Oh yes, there definitely are, and and even along the way, there were as again as things changed, policies, laws, rules, whatever changed. You know, there were obstacles along the way, but um, and we have certainly faced those this year with COVID nineteen. But mm-hmm. uh, there's so many people just committed to to the cause and um, to the organization that we always find a way to get it done. But um, but yes, yeah, scheduling the the whole team because everyone on a Sunday that comes in from the person that checks the patient in to the person that takes them back to pre-op, the pre-op nurses, OR nurses, surgical techs, anesthesia providers, <clears throat> surgeons, packing nurses, 
SRNAs, everybody there is a volunteer. They're, I mean, I'm, I'm the only full-time employee, and we have a part-time employee who's the volunteer coordinator, but everyone else um, volunteers. So. All right, wait a minute. You're, you're the only paid employee? The only full-time paid employee, and we have one part-time paid employee. You so. are you are a busy woman, aren't you? This is a big operation. <laughs> well, uh, well, yes, and it's that's uh, uh, another great thing about the job is there's always something different. So mm. no two days are alike. So. Mm. Give give us an idea, Amanda, of a typical surgery. What would they, I don't know if there is one of those, but just to give the listeners an idea, all right, what is it that happens on a Sunday with surgery on Sunday? Give us a typical example. Um, so a gallbladder, you know, cholecystitis. Again, I'm not clinical, but I've learned a lot of things working with this program. I run the nonprofit. I always make that clear. <laughs> but uh, yep. someone with gallbladder disease who needs to have a gallbladder out, which can can become very urgent and uh, life-threatening, yes, you know, from complications or things. But um, so we have a general surgeon who was our board chair and is our medical director for, uh, he was a board chair for a while and is now medical director, Paul Carney, who, you know, would see that patient in his office and, and evaluate for you know, a surgical consultation to see if that patient needs the gallbladder surgery. And then, so then the, the, the doctor would send records back and say, yes, uh, this patient's good for surgery, send a scheduling sheet, and then we go from there and try to <clears throat> find out when the surgeon is then available on the next Sunday. I mean, we do schedule our days for the year, you know, in, in advance, the October, usually in the fall, we schedule for the whole following year, our Sundays, so people can, so our volunteers can look at that. Um, mm. and, and then it's just matching up the surgeon's availability with the patient's availability, which is usually pretty <laughs> pretty immediate <laughs> for the patient. <clears throat> um, um, so then we would schedule that patient. You know, they have to come just like anybody else going for a a procedure has to have a driver and come and stay with you and wait in the waiting room and schedule that patient for for surgery on one of our Sundays and then um, the next day on Monday Nancy our clinical coordinator makes a post-op call to follow up on the patient <clears throat> and then the patient also has a follow-up appointment with the surgeon so so that's the surgeon's commitment is a, a preoperative visit in the office for a surgical consultation and then then performing the surgery on surgery day and then a follow-up mm. appointment and they provide all of that free mm. of charge. Mm. This Christian nonprofit is called Surgery on Sunday. You're listening to Amanda Ferguson. She's executive director. It's out of Lexington, Kentucky. They do all this for free. It's an amazing organization. They do amazing work. And you may have caught she is the only full-time paid employee for this gigantic operation, so she's relying heavily on volunteers. And she talked about the effect that this program has on the volunteers. The volunteers, oh, yes. I mean, and I I do a a newsletter every month, and we select a a volunteer of the month for Mm -hmm. that month and just kind of feature them, and partly so that other volunteers and supporters who read the newsletter, you know, will get to know who our volunteers are. Um, I mean, we have them from not just from Lexington, but some people drive from northern Kentucky, Louisville, eastern Kentucky, you know, from the region. And so, and even within Lexington, they all work at, at different places. So they might not get to know the 
you know, the OR nurse might not know the surgical tech she's in the OR with, and, and they're working, so they don't always have time to visit. So that's kind of a way we just try to to share about our volunteers and who they are. But um, in in writing that, I always ask them just some personal information, you know, and I say, what is your your favorite thing about surgery on Sunday? And it's always it's just you know how appreciative the patients are and how. And how joyful really everyone else is for being there. You know, they're they're at work. They're doing some of them. They've worked five days or more, five mm-hmm. or six days already that week, and yet they come there and and work. And everyone, every one of them, almost to a fault, will tell you it's it's different because everyone wants to be there and everyone wants to help, and because the patients are so appreciative. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The uh, volunteers sometimes are more affected by the patients in these types of things. Talking to Amanda Ferguson, the executive director of Surgery on Sunday. We'll finish with this, a heartwarming story about surgery on a five-year-old boy. Oh, I guess we don't have that one. That is my bad. Uh, let, let me just talk about that for a moment. Uh, I asked Amanda, and, and I apologize, it's my, my fault. I only had three cuts here. Um, I asked Amanda, but hey, give me a story that you remember most. And she said, there's a five-year-old boy that had a brain tumor, and they were able to diagnose it. And he had the, he had this trouble swallowing, and he just he had all this sort of trouble. And he was five years old, said so he was just adorable. Came in, and they found a tumor, took it out, and he is now... Uh, healthy and happy. I think he's 11 years old now and thriving. And he is actually a spokesperson for uh, the group, Surgery on Sunday. So a heartwarming story about a five-year-old I didn't get to, but I can tell you it was a good one. We talked to Amanda Ferguson. She's the executive director of Surgery on Sunday out of Lexington, Kentucky. If you want to do a search for them and just check them out, it's worth doing because they do amazing work. Surgery on Sunday is the name of their group. All right, we're going to take a break here in a moment. When we come back, I want to get to more testimonies. I mentioned this too many times today. I love stories. I love testimonies. I have one. You probably have one. I think we've got a couple callers that have been waiting through this break to, to give their story. I encourage you, if you want to, we've got one segment left today on SoCal Live to give yours. That number is 888-LA-TALKS, 888 888- L.A. Talks. One more break. We'll take that break on a Tuesday. This is SoCal Live, and it continues after this. Hey, welcome back to SoCal Live. I'm your host, Jerry Schimmel. Today, I want to thank Amanda Ferguson, the Executive Director of Surgery on Sunday. She spent some time with me a couple weeks ago when we recorded that interview. And I know there's some people out there probably listening that maybe want to get involved. At least check it out. And I would uh, encourage you to check out the website, surgeryonsunday.org. I have it up on my computer right now. There's a uh, spot where you can contact them. Uh, Amanda did say, and this wasn't in the clips that we played back, but did say they're expanding. And one of the places they're trying to expand to is Los Angeles. So there's opportunity perhaps in Southern California for somebody to get involved if you are interested in that. But check out the website, and that will get you started. Again, that is surgeryonsunday.org. My name is Jerry Schimmel, able to host yesterday and today. And I don't know, folks, if I'm coming back or not. I really don't know. <laughs> no, I don't think anybody knows except the Lord. So since that's up in the air, that's a question. I'm going to go for it, and that is 
I'm going to invite you to give me your testimony on the air. Call us if you have a testimony, because we'd love to hear it. We've had some great stories today. Larry and Joe and Robert, Johnny, 888-LA-TALKS, 888-528-2557, shorter, it's 888-LA-TALKS. We've got about uh, 10 minutes left here. If you want to call in, we can squeeze a couple more calls in, and we'll do that right now and start with Shannon in Huntington Beach. She says she found God while driving, listening to Christmas music. This is going to be good. Shannon, thanks for calling in. Yeah, thank you for having me. You bet. Okay, so it was it was Christmas time, and I grew up listening to Christmas music, you know, Jingle Bells, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, never... I was never church or anything, and my husband, I was married very early, had just left me, and I was driving, and Silent Night by Stevie Nicks of Fleetwood Mac came on, and for the first time, I heard the lyrics of that song, and in that moment, it was as if God wrapped his arms around me and told me everything was going to be okay, and about two weeks later, I ran into a friend who invited me to a Wednesday night service, Greg Laurie at Calvary Chapel Coast Mesa, and I committed my life to Christ. Oh. That was over half my life ago. <laughs> wow. Good for you. Yeah. I mean, I, I, you know what? I'm glad you don't have to do it dramatic fashion, like a plane crash or drug abuse. All right? I'm glad it's a little easier for some people. <laughs> well, it was it was a lot of, of life. I can tell you that yeah. even at that young age. But, um, but yeah, it was, it was definitely a, a calm moment, if you will. And oh. it was... It was amazing, and I've been walking with Christ ever since, going to Bible study and learning and just loving Him more every day because I see how much He loves me and those He calls His own. Awesome. I love it, Shannon. I want to throw this at you real quick. You said something to the effect that, hey, I just got this feeling, this overwhelming feeling that everything was going to be okay, and that was God talking to you, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And and I can relate to that. And I had a similar experience after this plane crash. You just had this crazy light. All this stuff was just happening, and my marriage was falling apart. And and I quit my job and unemployed and suffering from PTSD. And I sat down in a chair one day and I just told God that I had had enough. I had been knocked down. I could not pick myself back. But the message to me at that moment, uh, Shannon, was, you know what, Jerry? It's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. You can appreciate that, can't you? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, and he's done it again in my life over time, you know, since I've yeah. known him. He is so present. so real. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So, and hey, it's Shannon. funny, I think about it, like, I was, I'm sorry, I was a Christian for about four years before oh. I actually learned what Easter was about. Oh. And I realized that it was the celebration of the resurrection of the Lord. And oh. I cannot tell you how excited and happy I was that oh. he celebrated for something other than Easter eggs and Easter bunnies. Oh, that's awesome. See how patient God was with you? He's like, all right, I'm just going to learn it. let her learn everything, and then I'm going to grab her. That's oh. right. Yeah. That's right. Hey, Shannon, thanks for sharing. Thanks for calling in. We appreciate it. And I'm, just, I'm so happy that people don't have to have, have a plane crash to come to Christ. <laughs> Seriously. Uh, let's go next to Martha in Los Angeles. Felt the Lord come into her heart. Martha, thanks for calling in to SoCal Live with Jerry Schimmel. Thank you so much. I love your program. I just listen to it every day. Good. Okay. Um, I just want to say that uh, all throughout my my teenage year, I I wasn't obeying the Lord, and I suffered through it. I went through really dark times, 
I been um I had an experience where I I went to hell, and that really frightened me. But I still didn't listen. I did I didn't listen. And now that I'm in my forties, late forties, um, last year I became a Christian. Yeah. Um, I went to the Harvest Festival. The whole family became Christian. <laughs> We're blessed. Mm-hmm. And after that, um, last year in December the the eighth, um, um, I had a, a, a an experience where I believe it's the Holy Spirit, just God, that um, I was really relaxed, just not thinking about anything. Just peacefully, and uh, it was five o'clock in the morning. Uh, God spoke through me. He, he. I read the Bible, but right now my mind is is not. Um, it's kind of foggy. Mm-hmm. So I try to I try to memorize the scriptures, but I really can't do it right now. Mm-hmm. Um. So pretty much the Psalms twenty three. Psalms twenty three was flowing through my in my heart. That mm-hmm. voice was coming through like a bright light was vibrating and and saying that whole prayer to me. Oh, I love it. I love it, Martha. Thank you for sharing. I appreciate that. Thanks for calling in. Oh, that's some great stories today. And I can't, I'm telling you, I'm probably overdoing this. I'm gushing too much, but I can't get enough of these. Let's see if we can squeeze a couple more in here. And I just lost my screen for a moment. Patrick is, Patrick's called in, said God reached out him reached out to him through the radio. I want to hear this story. Patrick, thanks for calling in. Can you hear me okay? I got you, Patrick. Go ahead. Okay, well, I was a uh, combat pilot in Afghanistan, Iraq, Ooh. on uh, back-to-back deployments, and uh, long story short, came back and uh, was met with divorce papers uh, off the plane. And uh, uh, devastated, hurt, angry at the world, and in combat, you know, my walk with Jesus was strong, you know, Psalms 91 every day before I got in the aircraft and just praying and talking all the time. But this threw me into a tailspin where I lost that walk. And I was so angry. And one day I was back at my base back in the States. and I was getting into the truck to go to work and uh, just filled with rage. And I turned on the radio to listen to something. And the radio, which was a brand-new radio system I had just installed, uh, wouldn't work. It would turn on, but it was stuck on one station, <laughs> and that station was Caleb. Wow. Yeah. And didn't matter what I could do, I couldn't fix this. I couldn't. I didn't want to ha- think about God. I didn't want anything to do with God. Uh, I could not get that radio station off of Caleb. <laughs> and so I drove around uh, for a month there at Fort Hood, Texas, listening to Caleb. And after a month, God pulled me out. And through through worship songs and through the other things available there, and uh, after a month, the radio started working again. <laughs> of course, <And> it did. <laughs> after he had pulled me out from that dark place, uh, uh, it started working again, and I haven't uh, changed off of th- those kinds of stations since. Uh, and you know, of course, my walk is back. So a lot of people think that God can't affect the physical things, the mechanical things. Uh, in our lives, and I'm just here to tell you, he can reach out through anything wow. and change your life. Wow. And he certainly saved mine. Wow. 
Patrick, uh, first of all, thank you for your service, and I mean that sincerely. I know you get that all the time, and some people don't mean it. I mean it. Thank you for your service to our country. And what an incredible story. And I know some of the, the folks over at, at uh, K-Love. I know one of the DJs, a good friend of mine, and you're not the only one that has that kind of story. There's a couple others he told me about the same thing. The radio stuck on 91.1 or whatever it was, and I, I, I couldn't turn it off. And it was all I could listen to, and all of a sudden, I'm a Christian. So you're not alone in that walk. And we know this, God invented radio, so he should know how to fix it and tune it into a certain station, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, what do you, I'm just curious, what are you doing these days, Patrick? you still in the service? I'm retired. Uh, I work as a Department of the Army civilian. As a, I was an aviation safety officer as well, so I kind of work in that field now with the Navy. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Well, hey, thanks again for your service, and thanks for calling and sharing that story. I love it, and I every, I believe every every word of it. I appreciate it. Thanks for all the right. opportunity to share it. Yeah, all right. Uh, great stories. And, boy, it's funny because I've heard that a very similar story recently, same type of thing. My radio was stuck on this station. I, could, I, I couldn't do anything about it, and all of a sudden it was the only thing I could listen to. I either listened to that or I turned the radio off, and I wanted something on. And all of a sudden, their lives are changed, just like Patrick. And that's, by the way, folks, the way God works. He'll take different approaches to different people. He will meet you where you are. If you're stubborn about listening to him, he might put you through a plane crash. If you're stubborn about listening to him, he might turn all the other radio stations off, and that's the only one you have to listen to, and that's him speaking to you. He goes about it in different ways because he knows who you are, and he knows how to get to you. And if you caught the show yesterday, and I know we have different audiences every day, but uh, Louis, Dan, uh, Louis, um, uh, doggone it, forgot his name now, um, Young Broken Louis, Zamperini, son was on yesterday and talked about his father, who is the subject of the movie Unbroken, the war hero, Olympic hero, coming on, and he's talking about his dad going to that Billy uh, Graham crusade and wanting to leave. And his wife, Luke's mother said, no, no, stay for just a little bit more. And if you still don't like it after this segment, you can leave. And he heard something and it changed him. And that's what Louis Zamperini needed. And he went on to become this incredible evangelist. God works in different ways for different people. And that's why he is so incredibly amazing. Folks, I got to tell you, I've had a blast filling in the last couple of days. Uh, yesterday was a lot of fun. Today was even more fun hearing these stories. I thank you for taking the time to listen. I thank you for all those who called in and shared their story, especially, and uh, maybe changed some lives in the process. God is going to move you, and then he wants you to move other people by telling that story. Special thanks as well to Wilbert, our producer back in Los Angeles. I'm Jerry Schemmel. So long for now on KKLA, and this is SoCal Live.